Section 30 of Stories from Le Mort d'Arthur and the Mabinogion, retold by Beatrice Clay. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book 9. The Fair Maid of Astolat. Chapter 30. The Fair Maid of Astolat. At last the quest of the Holy Grail was ended, and by ones and twos the knights came back to Camelot, though many who had set out so boldly were never seen again about the round table. Great was the joy of King Arthur when Sir Lancelot and Sir Bors returned, for so long had they been away that almost he had feared that they had perished. In their honour there was high festival for many days in London, where Arthur then had his court, and the king made proclamation of a great tournament that he would hold at Camelot when he and the king of Northgallus would keep the lists against all comers. So one fair morning of spring, King Arthur made ready to ride to Camelot and all his knights with him, save Lancelot, who excused himself, saying that an old wound hindered him from riding. But when the king, sore vexed, had departed, the queen rebuked Sir Lancelot and bade him go and prove his great prose of an old. Madam, said Sir Lancelot, in this, as in all else, I obey you. At your bidding I go, but know that in this tournament I shall adventure me in otherwise than ever before. The next day at dawn, Sir Lancelot mounted his horse and riding forth unattended, journeyed all that day till, as evening fell, he reached the little town of Astolat, and there, at the castle, sought lodgment for that night. The old lord of Astolat was glad at his coming, judging him at once to be a noble knight, though he knew him not, for it was Sir Lancelot's will to remain unknown. So they went to supper, Sir Lancelot and the old lord, his son Sir Lavaine, and his daughter Elaine, whom they of the place called Fair Maid of Astolat. As they sat at meat, the baron asked Sir Lancelot if he rode to the tournament. Yeah answered Lancelot, and right glad should I be if, of your courtesy, you would lend me a shield without device. Right willingly, said his host, you shall have my son, Sir Tyres' shield. He was but lately made knight, and was hurt in his first encounter, so his shield is bare enough. If you will take with you my young son, Sir Lavaine, he will be glad to ride in company of so noble a knight, and will do such service as he may. I shall be glad indeed of his fellowship, answered Sir Lancelot courteously. Now it seemed to the fair Elaine that never had she beheld so noble a knight as this stranger, and seeing that he was as gentle and as courteous as he was strong, she said to him, Fair knight, will ye wear my favour at this tournament? For never have I found a knight yet to wear my crimson sleeve, and sure am I that none could ever win it such honour. Maiden, said Sir Lancelot, right gladly would I serve you in aught, but it has never been my custom to wear a lady's favour. Then shall it serve be better for disguise, answered Elaine. Sir Lancelot pondered her words, and at last he said, Fair maiden, I will do for you what I have done for none, and will wear your favour. So with great glee she brought it to him, a crimson velvet sleeve embroidered with great pearls, and festened in his helmet. Then Sir Lancelot begged her to give for him his own shield, until after the tournament, when he would come for it again and tell him his name.
The next morning, Sir Lancelot took his departure with Sir Lavaine, and by evening they were to come to Camelot. Forthwith, Sir Lavaine led Sir Lancelot to the house of a worthy bugger, where he might stay in privacy, undiscovered by those of his acquaintance. Then at dawn the trumpets blew, they mounted their horses, and rode to a little wood hard by the lists, and there they abode some while, for Sir Lancelot would take no part until he had seen which side was the stronger. So they saw how King Arthur sat high on a throne to overlook the combat, while the King of North Gallus and all the fellowship of the Round Table held the lists against their opponents, led by King Arthur of Ireland and the King of Scots. Then it soon appeared that the two kings with all their company could do but little against the knights of the Round Table, and were sore pressed to maintain their ground. Seeing this, Sir Lancelot said to Sir Lavaine, Sir Knight, will ye give me your aid if I go to the rescue of the weaker side? For it seems to me that they may not much longer hold their own unaided. Sir, answered Lavaine, I will gladly follow you and do what I may. So the two laid their lances in rest and charged into the thickest of the fight, and with one spear Sir Lancelot bore four knights from the saddle. Lavaine too did nobly, for he unhorsed both the bold Sir Bedivere and Sir Lucan the butler. Then with their swords they smote lustily on the left hand and on the right, and those whom they had come to aid, rallying to them, they drove the knights of the round table back a space. So the fight raged furiously, Lancelot ever being in the thickest of the press and performing such deeds of valor that all marveled to see him, and would fain know who was the knight of the crimson sleeve. But the knights of Arthur's court felt shame of their discomfiture, and in especial those of Lancelot's kin were wroth that one should appear who seemed mightier even than Lancelot's self. So they called to each other, and making a rally, directed all their force against the stranger knight who had so turned the fortunes of the day. With lances in rest, Sir Lionel, Sir Bors, and Sir Ector bore down together upon Sir Lancelot, and Sir Bors pierced Sir Lancelot and brought him to the earth, leaving the spear had broken off in his sight. Then Sir Lavaine saw, and immediately with all his might he rode upon the King of Scots, and horsed him, and took his horse to Sir Lancelot. Now Sir Lancelot felt as if he had got his death wound, but such was his spirit that he was resolved to do some great deed, while yet his strength remained. So with Lavaine's aid he got upon the horse, took his spear, and laying it in rest, bore down one after the other, Sir Bors, Sir Lionel, and Sir Ector. Next he flung him into the thickest of the fight, and before the trumpet sounded the signal to cease, he had unhorsed thirty good knights. Then the King of Scotland and Ireland came to Sir Lancelot and said, Sir Knight, we thank you for the service done to us this day, and now we pray you come with us to receive the prize which is rightly yours, for never have we seen such deeds as ye have done this day. My fair lords, answered Sir Lancelot, for aught that I have accomplished I am like to pay dearly. I beseech you suffer me to depart. With these words he rode away full gallop, followed by Sir Lavaine, and when he had come to a little wood, he called Lavaine to him, saying, Gentle knight, I entreat you, draw forth this spearhead, for it night slayeth me. O oh, my dear lord, said Lavaine, I fear sore to draw it forth, ye lest ye die. If ye love me, draw it out, answered Lancelot. So Lavaine did as he was bidden, and with a deathly groan, Sir Lancelot fell in a swoon to the ground.
when he was a little recovered he begged lavain to keep him to his horse and lead him to a hermitage hard by where dwelt by a hermit who in bygone days had been known to lancelot for a good knight and true so with pain and difficulty they journeyed to the hermitage lavain oft fearing that sir lancelot would die and when the hermit saw sir lancelot all pain and besmeared with blood he scarce knew him for the bold sir lancelot du lac but he bore him within and dressed his wound and bade him be of good cheer for he should recover so there sir lancelot abode many weeks and sir lavaine with him for lavaine would not leave him such love had he for the good knight he had taken for his lord now when it was known that the victorious knight had departed from the field sore wounded sir gawain vowed to go in search of him so it chanced that in his wanderings he came to astolat and there he had a hearty welcome of the lord of astolat who asked him for news of the tournament then sir gawain related how two stranger knights bearing white shields had won great glory and in especial one who wore in his helm a crimson sleeve had surpassed all others in knightly prowess at these words the fair elaine cried aloud with delight maiden said gawain know ye this knight not his name she replied but full sure was i that he was a noble knight when i prayed him to wear my favour then she showed gawain the shield which she had kept wrapped in rich broideries and immediately sir gawain knew it for lancelot's alas cried he without doubt it was lancelot himself that we wounded to the death sir bors will never recover the woe of it then on the morrow sir gawain rode to london to tell the court how the stranger knight and lancelot were one but the fair maid of astolat rose betimes and having obtained leave of her father set out to search for sir lancelot and her brother lavaine after many journeys she came one day upon lavaine exercising his horse in a field and by him she was taken to sir lancelot then indeed her heart was filled with grief when she saw the good knight to whom she had given her crimson sleeve thus laid low so she abode in the hermitage waiting upon sir lancelot and doing all within her power to lessen his pain after many weeks by the good care of the hermit and the fair elaine sir lancelot was so far recovered that he might bear the weight of his armour and mount his horse again then one morn they left the hermitage and rode all three the fair maid sir lancelot and sir lavaine to the castle of astolat where there was so much joy of their coming after brief sojourn sir lancelot desired to ride to court for he knew there would be much sorrow among his kinsmen for his long absence but when he would take his departure elaine cried aloud ah my lord suffer me to go with you for i may not bear to lose you fair child answered sir lancelot gently that may not be but in days to come when ye shall love and wed some good knight for your sake I will bestow upon him broad lands and great riches, and at all times will I hold me ready to serve you as a true knight may. Thus spoke Sir Lancelot, but the fair Elaine answered never a word. So Sir Lancelot rode to London, where the whole court was glad of his coming, but from the day of his departure the fair maid drooped and pinned until when ten days passed she felt that her end was at hand so she sent for her father and two brothers to whom she said gently dear father and brethren i must now leave you 
Bitterly they wept, but she confronted them all which she might, and presently desired of her father a boon. You shall have all that you will, said the old lord, for he hoped that she might yet recover. Then first she required her brother Sir Tyre to write a letter, word for word as she said it, and when it was written, she turned to her father and said, Kind father, I desire that when I am dead I may be arrayed in my fairest raiment, and placed on a bier, and let the bier be set within a barge, with one to steer it until I come to London. Then perchance Sir Lancelot will come upon, and look upon me with kindness. So she died, and all was done as she desired for. They set her looking as fair as a lily, in a barge all hung with black, and an old dumb man went with her as helmsman. Slowly the barge floated down the river until it had come to Westminster, and as it passed under the palace walls, it chanced that King Arthur and Queen Janvier looked forth from the window. Marveling much at the strange sight together, they went forth to the quay, followed by many of the knights. Then the king espied the letter clasped in the dead maiden's hand, and drew it forth gently and broke the seal. And thus the letter ran, quote, Most noble knight Sir Lancelot, I, that men called the fair maiden of Astolat, am come hither to crave burial at thy hands for the sake of the unrequited love I gave thee. As though I peerless knight, pray for my soul. Unquote. Then the king bade fetch Sir Lancelot, and when he was come, he showed him the letter. And Sir Lancelot, gazing on the dear maiden, was filled with sorrow. My lord Arthur, he said, for the death of this dear child I shall grieve my life long. Gentle she was and loving, and much was I beholden to her, but what she desired I could not give. Yet her request now thou will grant, I know, said the king, for ever thou art kind and courteous to all. It is my desire, answered Sir Lancelot. So the maid of Astolat was buried in the presence of the king and queen and of the fellowship of the round table and of many a gentle lady who wept that time the fair child's fate. Over her grave was raised a tomb of white marble, and on it was sculpted the shield of Sir Lancelot, for when he had heard her whole story, it was the king's will that she that in life had guarded the shield of his noblest knight should keep it also in death. End of section 30 Read by Anna Nomoska.